Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, um, whatever. My name is Lucas Maxwell and I am the school librarian at Glenthorne High School in Sutton, uh, Surrey, South, uh, you know, South London. Um, I've been here about 10 years now, so I just do this podcast once a week, 20 to 25 minutes things I've been doing during the week or things that have worked, things that don't work. Um, yeah, just different things. Uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's uh, useful uh, to you. So what I'm going to talk about this week is, um, surprise, surprise, I'm going to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, something that I was very kind of passionate about, something that I've been using in the library as like a, uh, a, I guess a teaching tool, B, as a way to bring in students to the library, and C, just a way to... Um, uh, help students who may be socially um, some students maybe they struggle in social situations or they have anxiety and things like that I'm not saying it's a cure-all or anything like that but it helps me personally in my personal life and I know it helps other students um, based on their own you know, uh, testimonies and feedback to me and parental feedback and things like that so it's really cool and I'm super excited that um, on Monday, the 12th of February, our students, our sixth form students, uh, our Dungeons and Dragons club, there are seven of them, uh, well, eight of them actually in the, in this group, um, will be, uh, delivering a unique Dungeons and Dragons event at the British library. And I'm really excited about it. It's completely unique. It kind of came out of the blue, um, an idea that was presented to me by someone at the British Library, a really amazing person. And I was like, absolutely. Um, they asked, you know, they emailed me out of the blue and said, would you be interested in doing something like this? And um, I couldn't believe it, really. The British Library is this kind of famous institution that um, famously houses every copy of every book published in the UK. And, um, you know, they it is like this this beacon of light in central London that people go to to research and to learn and to take part in all these different activities and for them to kind of ask our students to run a Dungeons and Dragons program and not just run a program but um, aim it at um, neurodivergent youth and to help them uh, and also um, it's going to take place in and amongst their amazing um, Realms of the Imagination exhibit, which has tons of cool stuff. Like um, there's like a hand-drawn map from J.R.R. Tolkien. There's a map drawn by C.S. Lewis. There's notes by Tolkien. There's like props from the movies. There's Studio Ghibli stuff. There's the costumes from the Dark Crystal um, there's first editions of everything there on display. You know, there's a first edition Frankenstein, and um, did I say it right? I know people get upset. It's not, you know, uh, Frankenstein uh, was the name of the doctor. Yeah, I know. Thanks. I don't need uh, don't need that input right now. Um, <laughs> there's the, the one of my favorite things in that exhibit. We were super lucky. We had kind of like had a behind the scenes tour of all this stuff. Um, is this fairy map it's massive it's got to be seven eight feet long maybe four and a half five feet tall it's i believe was 
made in, I want to say, 1912. I could be completely wrong. It's early 1900s. It's hand-drawn, of course, and it's, like, hand-colored in, and you have to get right up into it. That's what I like about it. you got to get right up into it to look at all the different things that are on it. And it's a fairy map, so it means it's like you'll see this little tiny hut in the corner, you know, and it just hand-scrawled under it in this beautiful kind of cursive. is like Peter Pan's house and, like, little dragons and fairies and waterfalls and treasure chests and <laughs> it, I mean it's perfect for a D&D person so the students are making a Dungeons and Dragons event based around the characters from famous books A eh? um, the event's going to be called the Ballad of the Bookworm's Curse which was made by the students the students are helping to make the artwork they've written the adventure okay um, we're going to play test it here in the library before we do it, before we run it there. It's going to be open. It's a free event. I want to stress that. So if you are thinking, man, I could really go for something like this, um, I think the best way, because the URL is quite long from the British Library, I would say you could email me, okay, um, lml at glenthorne, G-L-E-N, T-H-O-R-N-E dot Sutton S-U-T-T-O-N dot S-C-H dot U-K okay L-M-L at Glenthorne Glen with one N Thorne with an E dot Sutton dot S-C-H dot U-K um, and just say I would be interested and then I'll forward you the link that's probably the best way. I'll also put the link in the notes of this thing, of this which space. <laughs> just made that obsolete, what I just said, but I, I'm not going back and retracing it. Um, I'm tired. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm recording this in the library on a Saturday. Uh, had a really, really busy week in the library, and I'm tired. So that's that's why we've, we've got that. Uh, <laughs> we've got that mistake. This event, to me, is like dream come true um i've been telling the students you know they they i think they're aware of how ridiculously cool it is you know you get to like say on a basic level you did this for the british library in the british library amongst these like unique items you are in the spotlight they're doing it i'm like i'm helping as much as i can but i'm stepping back i'm going to be there to support not only that, so we're going to have this three-hour D&D event, okay? You can drop in and play. You're going to be in and amongst these amazing pieces of art and amazing memorabilia from fantasy, Terry Pratchett stuff. I mean, I mean there's a Discworld map there. It'll blow your mind. Um, there's books. There's a D&D exhibit. It's so cool, okay? So there's that, right? In addition, they have like a learning resource center or a learning center, they call it. Sorry. Learning resource center. That's what they like to call libraries here in the UK for some reason. I do not like that term. I don't like learning resource center. I don't know. This is a library. It's called a library. Why do I have to call it a learning resource center? Uh, is that is that controversial? I, I don't know. I don't care, really. <laughs> um, there is a learning center, and in that learning center our other students are going to be um, uh, 
running mindfulness activities around Dungeons and Dragons. So you want to drop in, you want to create a character, we got you covered. You want to drop in, you want to draw some maps, done. You want to drop in and just roll dice for a sensory, you know, effect, you got it. Okay? There's going to be like just basic stuff like D&D word searches, D&D coloring activities, on and on and on. Okay, these are things that for people maybe who a three-hour session might be a bit much, which I understand. In my experience, you know, an eleven-year-old can handle an hour. Although I say that, I don't say handle. I say that, and I ran a dungeon con for five hours, and we had a lot of eleven-year-olds, and they just and they were dedicated. So, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, right. So what am I talking about? Yes. Yeah, so if you are in a position, you're in the library, you're in the library, and you're thinking, um, how do I? Why should I run Dungeons and Dragons? Anyway, I hope people. First of all, I hope people book this thing up. I hope this thing is booked solid. Um, please book it. If, <laughs> It's so it's on Monday the twelfth of February. It's what they call half term here in the UK. If you're listening, I know why would you book it if you're in America? But I do have some American listeners. Um, if you're try, if you want to book a flight, fly to Heathrow. You can get to the, the British Library. It's right by St Pancras Station. Okay, um, not St Pancreas as I once called it. Um, I'm sure there was a St Pancreas somewhere. You know. The patron saint of insulin. Um, I'm tired. And book this thing up and let our students know that, you know, I hope that, I just hope it's flooded with people. I hope people come in and they are, it runs from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., okay? So if you're thinking in a library setting, why should I run Dungeons and Dragons? Okay, first of all, it has a bunch of real benefits, real-world benefits for everyone. I think it can teach valuable skills. I'm very, very lucky, very, very fortunate that I was just featured in this article on Screen Rant. I never thought that would happen. Dungeons & Dragons reached out and said, would you want to be on Screen Rant and just tell them why D&D has helped you? I'm like, yes, please. So um, I never thought this would ever happen. <laughs> anyway... Um, how how has it how have I seen it kind of um, come to life in my library so um, I think it's a an amazing tool for communication so it's a social game so you, you can't really play it on your own um, so in the board game slash especially video game context communication is always aggressive in my opinion, not always, but often. Your point is often to kill the other person, and D&D has a lot of death, of course. But the communication is established with the people at the table is a, is a usually a non-aggressive way. And if there is aggression there, then you as Dungeon Master need to kind of like stamp that out, in my opinion, especially in a school setting. They are on the same side. I do not allow player versus player on the table. Unless, I've talked about this before, unless it's built into the story. So we had a situation where a player sat on a throne. The throne was cursed. 
they had to roll a wisdom saving throw to see if they would their brain would <laughs> crumble under the effect of this thing. They failed the roll horribly. They rolled the dice. They rolled like a two, which meant that they had to attack the first person next to them. And that happened to be a friend of theirs at the table. And I, as the DM, am making it very, very clear that they're under some sort of spell. Their eyes roll back in their heads. They stand up. Their eyes, maybe, I can't remember, their eyes shone black or something, or like shiny black, or there was like light coming from their eyes. Something about their eyes. <laughs> I was really, you know, to make us assume that they're under the control of some sort of like puppet. They're a puppet now because of this cursed throne. That is fine. And they find that funny. I do not allow player versus player at the table just because they get upset with someone else's decision. They have their decision. You're going to have to live with that. Okay? You do not attack the other person. And you might say that's railroading, but you may not work in a school setting. <laughs> I don't allow it. It gets becomes hard, turns into hurt feelings. turns into chaos. You lose control of the table. Okay? D&D teaches this kind of like non-aggressive communication skills to those who might struggle with social settings. I see it every single day. Dungeons & Dragons is run every single day of the week in our library. I run it twice a week personally. The other students run it every other day. It is the most popular program. So since September... September to December, mid-December. Um, I was calculating attendance for our groups. I track these attendance and people who visit attend these groups very, very closely. Um, we have had um, D&D, the attendance for D&D was like a 1,000, okay? So it was attended a 1,000 times in three months. No, four months, three and a half months. <laughs> I'm literally counting on my fingers. Um in Dungeons and Dragons, you are required to communicate when it is your turn or when you are exploring or doing something. You have to work together to solve a common challenge. It doesn't mean you force someone to communicate, okay? It means they have the opportunity to communicate and contribute. It means that no one is going to make fun of you for your decision. It means no one's going to mock you for doing a voice. No one's going to mock you for making a mistake because making a mistake if you've got a good dungeon master making a mistake is hilarious rolling low and failing is hilarious okay and I don't know how to explain that other than giving many examples but I don't really want to um, it is a bridge so through their characters this doesn't always happen in a school setting but through their characters you can actually see them communicating complex issues like depression, anxiety, things like that. And adults can actually use it to express um, past traumas. But it's all done in a safe way. Okay. Um, I have this kind of quote, you know, that I, that I wrote. Um, and going back to... We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast. 
where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Well, not this quote yet, but um, other skills in Dungeons and Dragons can can really flourish, like within Dungeons and Dragons, like problem solving, organization, being adaptable, coping with failure. Because I said failure is hilarious. Even maths, mathematics. <laughs> On failure, you know, I talk a lot about failure because I fail all the time, you know. And you, in school, young people are often told that failure is the worst outcome. You're taught from day one, failure is unacceptable. Some people. This can carry over into adulthood. Perfectionism is a curse. Perfectionism is a virus. Okay? Um, I sound like I'm like some sort of motivational speaker. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Um, anyone who plays Dungeons & Dragons knows... Dungeons & Dragons? Dungeons & Dragons knows that... Everything comes down to the roll of the dice. It's a game of chance, but you are telling a story through this game of chance. Okay? That's why failure is hilarious. Okay? If you walk around in life worried about constantly making the wrong decisions and upsetting people, if you're constantly thinking that people are upset with you, like I do, it can fill you with like damaging anxiety. And simply making a decision in real life can be mentally taxing for a lot of people. In my opinion, just my opinion, Dungeons and Dragons can take can take that anxiety away because we're all on the same playing field and failure doesn't matter. There are no real world consequences to failure. If you're at the right table with the right people, you need to find the right people. You need to find the right dungeon master. If you've got some idiot as a dungeon master, you need to leave that who who um treats people awfully or um makes you feel singled out or makes fun of you in a, in a nasty way or who I don't know is rude who says no all the time like no you can't do that um, that's the opposite of a good dungeon master and there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of those out there they're, all, they're always men they're usually middle aged men they usually have a beard and they're usually, there's these idiots they're, they're, there's lots of them they love the power DM that's the downside being a dungeon master you do have this power um, it attracts a lot of frustrated, um, middle-aged, small-minded men who like to treat people a certain way. And those people need to be removed from the game <laughs> um, and maybe not allowed to play. They need to go out in the real world. They don't really interact very much. I know I'm being very... <laughs> um, but there's a lot of people like that out there. Um uh, hashtag not all beards, I guess, is, what, is the thing. Um, but uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people like that. And But the result, if you are removing that anxiety, you're playing with really good people, your confidence as a human in the real world can grow, okay? Because that fear of making a mistake can slowly dissolve. I can't tell you the amount of confidence I've gained by being a dungeon master with really cool people. It goes the other way as well. You as a dungeon master, you need to have good players. I don't mean good players as in they know the game. I'm a dungeon master for three people, three authors. They are amazing. Two of them had never played D&D before. And that means they didn't know how to play at all, basically. 
and I don't consider myself an expert at all. So I felt like together we've learned the rules together a lot of the time. And I will stop. Like one of them will say, I want to do this, like in this turn in combat. I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, do we, have we checked that? Can we do that? I've forgotten. Like I don't, there's not like, no, you can't do it. It's like, just remind me what you mean by that. Or can you remind me uh, where we stood on this? Because I can't remember how it works now. Um, because I don't know everything. <laughs> Anybody who says they know everything about D&D is a liar. Um, I've been doing it about five years, and that's a very, very slow, low amount of time. <laughs> okay? So it basically, what I'm trying to say is these, these, these amazing people, two of them, one of them has played D&D, and I kind of, as the dungeon master, I refer to them for help. Let's look it up together. Like, like, let's Google it and see if we're on the right track here. Because I don't want to. I want to make sure you're getting the most out of your turn. I want to make sure you're getting your most out of your character. That's what a good dungeon master does, in my opinion. They don't say no. They say we're going to look it up together. Um, they, a good dungeon master says we can try. You can try. Okay. Anything they want to do, as long as it's not hurtful to another player, even in game, right? Well, you can try it. Um. Do you want to, they want to, what my group uh, of players wanted to pretend. Um, they disguised themselves as the warden of a jail in order to try to boss other people around and open up the jail cells to let people out to inadvertently, not inadvertently, on purpose start a riot. Well, they can try. They have to fool the guards. That, you know, there's all this stuff. They can try it. I, I could have said, no, that was the most chaotic session I've ever had in my life. Um um, there were three different things going on at the same time. We had one person trying to keep the warden up in their chambers, distracted. Um, we had one who was invisible, wandering around, um, causing chaos. We had another one pretending uh, with a dis disguise on, a magical disguise on, pretending to be the warden, bossing people about. Um they needed to get a little bit of information from one prisoner and they decided to let everybody out and create a riot to create a distraction to smuggle that one person out. Um, I can tell you, I did not know a clue what was going on and it was probably, a, you know, one of the most fun sessions because I wasn't ready for anything they were doing. They seemed to be making decisions on the fly and not really knowing what they were doing either. Um, and it was hilarious. I loved it every second of it. So you don't, that's in my opinion, once you've got a team that kind of like, you are a player as a dungeon master as well. I'm rooting them on. There may be failure because there may be consequences to their actions. There are consequences to their actions. And the roles of the dice may not go their way. It is a game of chance, okay? But playing this game can provide really a huge amount of escape, right? So having a break from our own issues and problems can be hugely helpful. This is from um, Dr. Megan Connell, who I've interviewed for a book I'm writing, uh, another shameless plug, but I'm writing a book for the University of Iowa Press on how to be a good dungeon master for and player. Um, not how to be a good, but how to be an effective dungeon master for neurodiverse youth um, and neurodiverse players. So it's like a guide on just ways to make it more accessible. I'm super excited. That's going to be published by the University of Iowa Press in 2025. Okay. Um, 
so anyway, Dr. Canals talks about how sometimes people they like they set their characters up as as people that they want to be sometimes you're role playing the thing that you want to be, and slowly you do kind of incorporate some of those personality traits into your own life um also just having a break from the onslaught that is life the garbage that we're seeing on the news when i say garbage i mean terror and the feeling of helplessness um it's not hard to find that this game is a release of that stress in many ways and i see it with the kids they are desperate to play this game they're desperate to escape, okay? And so am I, and so is everybody else. And that's the sad reality of the real world, I guess. But um, that's it. I was kind of left on a bleak note, but I really hope you book up and check out this British Library. If you Google um, British Library Fairy Tale and Folly, or if you just go on um, Instagram, at Lucas J. Maxwell. It's up there on my first, next, my top post is that, okay? So check that out. Um, I hope you do. I hope to see you on the 12th of February because it will be really cool and it's a really unique thing for them to do and they're super excited and super proud. I'm super proud of them, okay? It's like one of the greatest things I've been a part of in my career as a librarian, I won't lie, because it is like, I don't know, I felt like we we started, like, this group was where the ground floor when I started Dungeons & Dragons, this group of kids. They were, like, 12 years old or 13 years old. And now they're much older. And we have scrabbled, cobbled this together from nothing. And I mean nothing, okay? We had six dice. We had no Dungeon Master screen. And we have cobbled it together from absolutely nothing. <laughs> so that's it. Um... And the success that they've had and stuff like that and stuff with the D&D has been really cool. So that's it. Um, that's the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I'll see you next time. All right. All right. Bye.